You're listening to Reading Glasses, a show about book culture and literary life designed to help you read better. I'm writer, filmmaker, and book devourer Mallory O'Mara. And I'm Brea Grant, actress, filmmaker, and e-reader. This episode is a special episode. We're dedicating it to that unique corner of the literary world, horse books. And we have a special guest here with us today for the entire episode. It's comedian, horse book aficionado... (laughs) Podcaster, she does it all. It's Erin Whitehead here in the studio. Thanks for joining us, Erin. I do it all. <laughs> but first up, what are you reading, Bria? Oh, I'm reading this book. Um, I actually finished it last night, but I'm going to talk about it. It's really great called An Unkindness of Ghosts. By Cat Howard. No. Wait. Incorrect. I got one wrong. I know. You never get it wrong. No, Cat Howard wrote on Unkindness of Magicians. Yes, God there's damn two it. books called Unkindness. <laughs> God weird? damn it. Ghost um, magicians, they're all the same to me. <laughs> this is by River Solomon. Oh, I And also came out good. around this, a similar time. Yeah, it got a lot of uh, people talked about it. It was uh, The Guardian's Best Science Fiction and Fantasy Books in 2017. NPR recommended it. Like, I'm just looking online. It's, um, it's really great. If you like, let me tell you the things it involves. This is a very Bria book. It takes place in space. You know, I love that. Mm-hmm. Um, it is. Uh, is there a girl on a journey? Oh, there's a woman on a journey, but it's all of the gender roles are sort of like, uh, it's not a binary, it's a non-binary kind of universe. Awesome. But it's um, set up on a ship. All humanity has died on Earth. You're really getting a glimpse, Erin, into like my reading world. This and is like all humanity Bria dying, Catnip. And they have remade basically the Antebellum South on a spaceship. So there's different levels, oh, A through so Z. this is so Bria. Yeah, and so like the top five levels is all like bougie white people who don't work. And then the bottom levels are all um, people, mixed race people or... Um, people with darker skin. I don't think they actually ever say they're black, but it is, like, implied um, that it's, like, people working literally in fields on the ship. In space. In space. It is literally, like, a book about slavery on a spaceship. It is such a great book. I could not put it down. So if you love all of those things I just named, is which anybody, is a lot. Is anyone eating snacks in the book? There because like, I know. Then it would be like my perfect book. Perfect There's no book. talking dogs in the book. So oh, like, how true. could I even like it? Um, but it's, yeah, I was a big fan. What are you reading, Mallory? Uh, I'm reading Night Shift by Stephen King, which is one of his early short story oh, yeah. collections. And it's, I mean, there's not a lot to say. We all know who Stephen King is. It's the book of scary stories. King. <laughs> <laughs> Can you imagine? Can you imagine yeah. being, like, trying to explain Stephen King to somebody? Yeah. If an alien came to Earth, how would you explain Stephen King? Uh, biggest horror writer in the world. That was good. Yeah, that's good. Would you have to describe horror first? Yeah, you might have to describe yeah. horror. Imagine if you'd never been scared before. And I'm trying to describe it to me. <laughs> you're like, you know that feeling if it's an alien. You're like, you're in space and you realize that. <laughs> but, it, but it's pretend and we like to feel that way. <laughs> this is our favorite. Imagine the worst feeling ever that you're doing to yourself involuntarily. <laughs> <laughs> That's what I'm doing right now. But it's, you know, it's great. It's Stephen King. It's, you know, this main, main things are happening. It's a lot of descriptions. Oh, when you said Maine, I was like, what do you mean? And like Maine the state. Uh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Very. Stephen King loves Maine. <laughs> oh, he loves Maine. He, <laughs> he loves, loves Maine. He loves like a big, uh, he loves like a tall trees and an ocean. Some right? people wearing overalls. Yeah. I mean, I, right. lo- I, I love Maine. Oh. I, I'm from New England, so I've. <laughs> I go to Maine every summer. So oh, shit. Yeah. Well, yeah. Uh, are you, where do you go? Booth Bay Harbor. Uh, Booth Bay Harbor. Erin, <laughs> <laughs> uh, what are you reading? So I just finished a book called After the Eclipse that's a nonfiction book, and it's this, uh, the author Sarah Perry, when she was, uh, I believe she was like 10 or 11 at the time, 
she heard her mother being murdered from her bedroom. Oh my god, I've heard this heard about this book. And it's not if so then it follows she starts writing this as an adult like uh about 18 years later and then she has to trace back. So you see her sort of like having to slog through her whole past from that night, all her memories of that night forward and the and then it it also mirrors the police investigation mm. and it takes like 18 years to find the guy. But they find him? Well, I guess I should ask. It, no, it does. You Don't know spoil that, it. Don't spoil it. You know they're going to. Like, it, oh, the, the okay. book isn't set up like, will they, won't they? It's, it's more set up as who wh- is it? Because it's like, you have no idea throughout the book. Oh, wow. And she has no idea. Wow. And the police have no idea. Like, it's really a crazy Ooh. case where it's like, it's, it's she she does it so well, too, where it's like, the prose is so beautiful. Like, I, I couldn't believe, I was like, I don't usually re- read things like this. And then I was so enamored by like her and her the character that she built but it's all true yeah so just to repeat oh yeah we have to repeat our books because people get mad because people are like you guys talk about your books and you never repeat them they're in the show notes guys just in case they're always in the show notes you can also rewind but whatever there's so many ways to do it yeah Uh, yeah. (laughs) Bria what are you reading An Unkindness of Ghosts River Solomon Uh, Night Shift by Stephen King After the Eclipse by Sarah Perry see we did it yay So we want to take a moment to share some listener feedback. Guys, you made this episode happen. We made talked about horse books a few episodes ago, and we got such an overwhelming <laughs> amount of feedback about the horse books episode that we decided to do it. So Anna from Kentucky writes in, I started reading the Marguerite Henry books when I was probably 10, started, starting with Misty of Chincoteague. Chincoteague, I think. That's how I mean, that's how I pronounce it as a Erin is our child. reigning, reigning, <laughs> reigning our, horse, uh, horse oh book episode. <laughs> Uh, she's a reigning horse book expert, so I'm going to chinko teague. I think, well, you're saying it so differently than I am, so you have to stop doing that. Wait. <laughs> you're going chinko teague. <laughs> From, how are you saying it? Chinko teague. Chinko teague. It's, you're saying I'm, the same thing to me. I'm from New England. I have the world's ugliest accent. Right, so, I am from there as well. So. <laughs> Wait, where are you from? In Massachusetts. What part? Uh, Hingham. Oh, I'm from Haverhill. I don't know. I don't know the geography. I have not lived there since I was a child. Oh wow. Okay. Yeah. Well, I I stayed there until I was an adult. So I have the ugly no, ugly ass we love uh, it. accent. So uh, Anna has read every one of her books multiple times. Still lovingly own them own them all, and even received a fairly rare copy of her book, The White Stallion of Lapiza, as a gift. Reading her books literally changed my life. Because of her books, I abandoned gymnastics dreams and went full fledged horse girl. Black Gold, <laughs> the story of the little race horse who won the 1924 Kentucky Derby, inspired me to become a jockey. Even though Whoa. that dream has evolved over the years, the influence of that particular book is why I have been working in the thoroughbred industry for 15 years. I'm an assistant farm manager at a small breeding farm in Kentucky. My entire life revolves around horses and is a direct response to the horse books I read as a girl. Horse books are. Pretty heady, guys. I thought she was going to become a jockey, which would have been crazier. But uh, but, but honestly, even, even to be working with thoroughbreds, like I, those were my dreams as a kid too. But then, like, you don't know how to follow that. So, like, I was just like, <laughs> okay. She's like, I've just been following horses around that I see in public. Oh, yeah, yeah, this is what she made animated happen. I am so impressed. Like that was true. All I wanted to do was like was basically be with horses as my job, and I didn't know what that entailed. And when you're a kid, it's not like people go, oh, there's a million jobs for anything you're interested in, which is true. Like right. in my mind, I was like. There's jockey. There's horse, which is horse. The which, main job that which, I really like, want. Truly, I told everyone I was half horse and fully So you're, wait, oh, hold wait, on. We're going to get all this. We, I really want to know I have more. to ask, though, if yeah. you're half horse, does that mean you're a centaur or you're just half horse? Yeah, those are the jokes that my mom fucking made <laughs> at my school, and it scarred me. It was spiritually. I was half horse spiritually. spiritually okay. Oh, oh, sure. Not everything is so fucking literal. Wait, I'm so, wait. Half horse spiritually and half, what's the other half? Person? Me. me. Person. Okay. 
Happy so, Aaron. But I'm not Happy even horse. being facetious. I literally would love to be a centaur. Oh, I know you would. It would no, be there's nothing about that that seems shocking to me. <laughs> I mean, that would be an amazing second, yes, to horse. Yeah. Yeah. Well, we'll look and rank all the different horse jobs. Okay. Because um, <laughs> that's a job I like. <laughs> <laughs> I'd like to apply to be a centaur. Well, you know, you shoot arrows and stuff, I guess. Yeah, I think that's it. And you predict, you, you can predict things according to Harry Potter lore. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, Sarah writes in, this is a non-horse related thing. I want to let you know about a really cool thing in Baltimore. There is a place called The Book Thing where people can go and take as many free books as they want. The selection is based on donations, but I have found a lot of really great reads there. If you're ever in Baltimore, check it out. It's bookthing.org. So if anybody is in Baltimore, sounds fucking rad, man. So you can email us at readingglassespodcast at gmail.com. And as always, we want to thank Danielle, who runs our Facebook group, and Chrissy and Rachel, who moderate our Goodreads page. Before we talk about the joy of horse books, we're going to take a quick break. Holy shit, guys. Whoa, Mallory. Can crazy. You, we're, we're wrapping up the Max Fun Drive It's today. been a crazy week. Literally right two now weeks, is weeks. the last day yeah, of is. the Maximum Fun Drive. The first week was incredible. We got over 13,000 new and upgrading members for Maximum Fun. That's insane. It's insane. And guys, this only happens once a year. It's very a very short amount of time. And it's been super fun for us to hear all of your feedback. Because people who have been writing us and they're like, Oh my God, I just joined as a Maximum Fun member and I love reading glasses. It really means a lot to us. We do this shit in a uh, alone box by ourselves while Sean is here too. And and we just and it's just nice to actually hear and get all this feedback from you guys. It's been amazing. So just let's talk a little bit more about the drive. We know it's wrapping up today, but you still have the chance. Yes. If you are listening to the show right now as it comes out, you have the chance to go to maximumfun.org slash donate and join. Even at the five dollar level you get bonus content, you get gifts, you get all kinds of amazing stuff and you support us and Maximum Fun as a network. So there's a huge range of support levels from as low as $5 a month. That's cheaper than getting us a cup of coffee if you like the show. And if you sign up during the drive, there's all sorts of awesome gifts, including this gorgeous reading glasses pen, which I would totally It's so purchase. cute. It's so amazing. Um, and it's just for Maximum Fun members, nobody else. Yeah, we're never going to sell this pin again, guys. So if you want this pin, if you're again, if you're listening to the show, you have to sign up right now. Stop. Go, pause go, the, go, pa- go. Pause Don't the miss podcast. It. If go you're missing sign out, up. you're going to miss out on all these cool pet pledge drive gifts. So go check it out. Maximumfun.org slash donate slash donate. This week, it's a very special week. All about horse books. We mentioned horse books on an earlier episode of the show, and we got a lot of feedback about this wondrous corner about, of the literary world. So our original thesis was that there were two paths for... We were saying girls a lot, but I'm going to say kids, because I do yeah, think there are, there yes, are boys. That, absolutely. Um, uh, grew and people up who, are not, who, are, who are non-binary. Yeah. So kids who grew up reading horse books. I, we thought there were two paths. You either... You want to own a horse, mm-hmm. and that is a path, and we think those people got into sort of like a YA, maybe romance, maybe literary fiction world, or you wanted to be a horse. Or a centaur. Or have a talking horse as a best friend, maybe. maybe. And those kids grew up and become uh, science, to get into science fiction and fantasy, because we thought we were those kids. Because I was like, I wanted a talking horse. I don't necessarily need to ride it. Or I wanted to actually just be a horse. Maybe if it flies, that's also cool. 
That that was our original thesis, but people were like, no, that is not the case. Yeah. There was a lot of paths, and, like, we were we were kind of wrong about this. Yeah. Well, I mean, and apparently you can start working with thoroughbreds. Like, who? I who, mean, like, who, I mean, who, we, we already put reality. I'm just, like, so Anna jealous of this girl. I, like, want to go back in time. I'm like, <laughs> so I'm upset with my life. Yeah. <laughs> it's all wasted. I uh, did, well, I personally... I think you might be right, but I, I fall into both. Oh, do you? So I, like, I desperately wanted to have a horse. Like, all I did when I was little was I would, if we were in the car, is I would just, like, look at the road next to me and, like, pretend I was, like, galloping alongside the car and, like. You like, weren't seeing a horse. You were imagining both a horse and you. Yes. Yeah, you wasn't, but that wasn't a horse you were But a car at. wouldn't work because you're going 35 <laughs> miles, like, horse, like, that's a lot of horsepower. Oh, my God, you're right. I I'm should... wrong. <laughs> wait, 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 wait. <laughs> Horses can run pretty fast. How fast they can horses run? run? Uh, I bet run? they can run thirty-five for sure because race horses. But I, right. but it's also like it was a fantasy. And How I many was ho- not going that fast? <laughs> like, Is a horse one horsepower? Can a horse can can a horse go higher horsepower? John, Sean is saying no. That horses go <laughs> one horsepower. That's not true. Incorrect. This is not important. <laughs> it doesn't matter how okay, fast okay, horses so, run. So, well, first but I think off, they go have, 35 we, we miles per hour. We have to define some terms here. And obviously, oh, okay. so there's a lot of crossover. Things are not black and white. We're, we're, Unlike those paint horses from your childhood. Hey. So first off, what is a horse book? Because folks, in case you hadn't noticed, horse books are a thing. Right. If you're into horses, it's a whole horse book and horse loving lifestyle. Horse books are essentially books with horses, horses in them. In them. Yeah. Sometimes uh-huh. they're about the horses. Sometimes they just involve horses, people who ride horses. Horse books are kind of like romance novels in that they can actually be about a bunch of different things and incorporate elements of different genres, but they all have one thing in common. In this case, horses. Horses and horse interest. Erin, how would you define a horse book? I mean, I think that's pretty thorough. Bread? Oh, <laughs> oh man. Oh, boy. <laughs> I, I, got, I really got to hoof it. I got to go. <laughs> Uh, <laughs> the girth of this episode is too much for me. Um, I feel I'm becoming unbridled. <laughs> Once the puns start, I can't stop. Uh, uh, yeah, I mean, for me, so this is I feel how like, they functioned in my life. Is I was so obsessed with them to a point of like romance. I mean, I would like. So there's a horse book romance novel crossover. I don't know, but so for me, it was like I would. I had this book album of horses, and I would like. I would go through it page by page and just like read it over and over. I memorized all the facts about the horses. Like I looked it was at like the a, pictures. It was like a picture book. Like it was like picture pictures horses. with like full stories and Got full it. histories. Like Ooh. so, it was like an encyclopedia kind Ooh. of. And I loved like it was my favorite book. And I read it over and over and over. And then I would read like fiction about horses. And I would like lie in bed and think about horses. And like it was all I thought about to the point that like it was. I mean, I just I loved I loved them so much. And then like as soon as I was supposed to like where you're at the age where it's like, get into boys. I feel like boys just like, it just switched. Like then I was obsessed about boys and I can't tell you how at this age, I'm so fucking mad. Like I, cause I hate like the idea of spending any time thinking about a man right now. It's like, I, it's so funny to me. Like, I Aaron, was you have to go back to horses. I was tricked by the patriarchy. I should have stayed with horses. Stayed with horses. You could have been a thoroughbred. You could have been a jockey. That's yes. what happened. Don't you, Anna, don't you have to be very short to be a jockey? Tiny. I, I, but me though, tiny. can I be a jockey? Oh my God, Bria, know. you're made to be a jockey. They're like under five foot. Oh, I'm not under five foot. I'm almost, but I'm not quite. Okay, wait. But you think there's like a switch in your brain. There's like a area in your brain and it, for a while it's like horses, horses, horses. Yeah. And then that switch flips and then it's like dudes, dudes For me dudes. it was. It was truly like the feeling was the same. It was like obsessive romance was something I wanted that I couldn't quite have. Like I didn't understand. It was like trying to get close to this thing that I was like... What is that? Like, I want to be that so badly. Like, 
and, and I was it's not I like, too late. You can go back to horses. <sighs> what? It's too late. And now I'm like, now I'd fall off and get broken. No, I mean, I don't mean like actually going out and riding a horse. You can like switch your brain back. Oh my! No. Oh my brain is switched off of men. That. Yeah. <laughs> well, I, I start reading those horse books again. The horses have been waiting have all sad, these years for you. I have a sad question. What happened to the album of horses? It's at my mom's house. Oh, it's still there. Oh you my god! You weren't like you weren't like burn this thing. I don't want any of oh, the boys no. to see. I'm reading it. Oh no no no! I never stopped loving horses. I just stopped being as obsessive. And I had a horse for a while. Oh, but like um, at your house? Mm-hmm. Wow! Did you you lived in the country or something? We lived in Ohio. Oh, oh yeah. yeah. So you can have a horse there. I had begged for a horse since I could say the word. So since I was like three, I had begged and begged and begged for a horse. And then finally my mom got one for me when I was 13. And that, unfortunately, is right when boys come in. Oh, no. <laughs> so that horse was all sad. And do you think— Was the horse watching you holding hands with the boy in the distance? <laughs> I mean, and thank like... you so much for thinking that I would ever have been able to hold hands with the boy at that age. They wanted nothing to do with me. Did you feel like that you were embarrassed about— Horse about being into horse books and once you got into the boys <laughs> it sounded like so like you know, a horrible sentence but you get what I'm saying I know what you mean I like I think at that age I was I was such a like flailing nerd on every level that mm-hmm. it would not have occurred to me to be embarrassed about one thing oh. so much as, as I was embarrassed about being who I was in general like yeah. the I, if I could have isolated horse books as the one embarrassing thing I would have been great like that would have been good I'd be like oh great stop being into horses and then I'm cool Cool. Mm. Well, but no, this is like, it was like every cellular I got it. molecule. But this is, I think this, the age thing is a really important thing because most books are, I mean, horses were essentially, horse books were essentially YA because before YA was a thing. It was like most horse books were geared towards younger readers, middle grade, YA. And there's, I mean, people, tweens guys, particularly, tweens, right? Yeah, yeah like it's just like a weird horse books age. And, and I, we, we want to point out that horse books, there's not like five horse books, guys. There's like, so many. horse books are a whole genre yeah. there i would like there are actually libraries where then like in the kids library they have a horse book section oh wow this is not like this is not a whim this is not a tiny corner this no. is like a big paddock I, I googled last night just like um horse books from the 80s and 90s to see if i could remember any of the titles and i was i was like oh my god i, I read like a hundred horse books when i was a kid <laughs> yeah this and a i lot. had not in my mind i was like i could remember five when you like when when i wrote you i was like oh god i hope i didn't lie like maybe i didn't read that many and then i was like going through the list and i was like oh my god i'm gonna name some of them because i want to like yeah, be black refreshed. beauty is one is the big one yeah oh, sure. black sure, beauty sure. is big black stallion is big mm-hmm. oh uh the thoroughbred which series. is the male black beauty it kind of well well black beauty is also a male Oh, but they're both they're both stallions. Oh, I didn't know that. Yeah, Did they ever like get beauty. together. I don't think they even existed at the same time. Okay, uh, that's yeah. sad. Different different series. Well, different series. So Black Beauty would have been in like the the carriage drawn times. When's oh, that? When's sure. that? Sure. It was a big like, time for horses. It's yeah, a, yeah. <laughs> same time that my book that said in space would be in. Yeah. <laughs> and then Black Stallion, I want to say, was before that because Black Stallion. He met the boy, who, you know, who who took care of him on a ship when I think it went down and there were, like, slaves on the ship. I mean, wow. it was like, I, 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 if I have that right, like, it was a whole crazy different. But, yeah, they had totally different stories. They are not related. Okay. Right. They also had the Saddle Club, which was, like, the Babysitter's Club. But exactly. For, but, but they surprise. added horses Sean is nodding like he's read the Saddle Club. Have you? Maybe okay. he's seen it because they did make it into a series. Yeah, they did make it into a series. But they aren't. 
the, there's not a big cross there. They aren't like babysitting the horses. There's just a different club <laughs> of horse people. Mom, horse moms call and they go, can, can, is anyone available? And they're like, <laughs> we'll call you back. Uh, the Christy, car, the we car, love these horses, right? Yeah, uh, car, so uh, I got to talk to you about the horse carpool. Um, you know, we have gymnastics on Monday. Can't make it. Misty's really been acting up, so make sure you put her in timeout. <laughs> uh, what did you put in those is in the O's that you fed Misty the other day? I know she's allergic to you know, <laughs> so wait, can, are most of these books, I'm sorry, I just had to do a lot of clarifying for my own self. Yeah. Are most of them from the point of view of a little, like a little person, a little they're, human or a little horse? <laughs> they're all from the point of view of little people. No, they're all from the point of view of uh, like it's young things, right? I mean, they're all young, right? A little like it's a, a kid child. All from teens, yeah. Like, teens. Like I would say the ones I read were all between the ages of th- that you would read them at, like between eleven to fourteen is okay. like usually the age of the kids, right? Sure. That would so that would define it as a middle grade book because that's the only way you actually define these like YA middle grades is like the, na- I the guess age so. of the protagonist. Although Black Stallion is a pretty, it's a thick book. Like remember when I wanted to read it, yeah. the teacher was like. I think this is above your level. Yeah, the same thing happened to me because I saw Black Stallion or I saw Black Beauty and when I was really little and I was like, oh, it's a book with an, it's a horse book. It's got an animal on it. Like, I want to read that. And and my grandfather was like, that's actually bigger than, it's like a more intensive adult book. It is. Yeah. So that he got me, anyone remember the great illustrated classics? Yeah. Got me the Black Beauty version of that. Oh, that's nice. So it's like okay, the so little kid version. Okay, so they're the point of view of the child for the most yeah. part. Yeah, in the and the, none of them but are from is, the point of view of the horse. Is Black Beauty from the point of view of the horse though? I don't remember. I actually think Black Beauty might be. Really, and I'm only saying that because. So Black Beauty wasn't one of the ones I read a lot, so I can't speak to this. But I feel like in the movie, Black I Beauty talks like, right I, I or know. or thinks out loud like. I feel like there's like a voiceover that made me hate it as a kid because I hated when voiceovers did not match what I thought they should. Like oh, sure. when the Garfield movies came out, I was like, this is the worst thing I've ever heard. <laughs> and that might have been Bill Murray. I don't know. Should, I mean, um, oh no, you're right. The story is narrated in the first person as an autobiographical memoir told by Black Beauty himself. I think that's honestly why I didn't like it. It felt because I was like, to me, it's the same reason why I'll go like, oh, I don't like Universal Harry Potter because I'm like, oh, there shouldn't be muggles here. And then this, I was like, a human wrote what a horse is thinking. I don't think so. <laughs> See, I liked it because maybe it's just ghostwritten. Maybe the horse wrote it. <laughs> a human came back. Well, I, I liked it because you know I like talking animal books, and it was like Black Beauty. Like all, like honestly, that's so my wheelhouse. Just like a memoir told by an animal. Like, that's what I want. Yeah. Interesting. Okay. okay. Yeah, I'm into that. Me too. I, mean, I, like I was Wind, also like more Wind the Like Wind in the Willows? Books. I did like Wind in the Willows. I loved Wind in the Willows. That is a, that's an amazing book. Who's the point of view from that from? Who's, who's that from? Is that a horse? I think it's not point no. of view. I think it's just that the animals are Girl. the only characters. Oh, so yeah. That's like, yeah. I used to really like horse books. And then I had a friend who owned a barn. And I would go over there and, like, see their horses and ponies and it kind of made me realize that horses weren't super magical there was just like poop everywhere oh yeah and i was like mm, <laughs> this shines off the rose on these on this horse but that there to me is the difference because to me the people who are super into horse books went to the horse stables like i did and was like oh my god the smells it's intoxicating like i'm <laughs> one with you and like i want to hug all You're the just horses like, I'm and rolling like in manure like i, I mean really I'm- i did i did a fucking horse camp where all you did was shovel manure all day and then you got to ride for an hour and i loved it Oh my god! I, I did. So I grew up around horses, so maybe that's part of the like lack of like I didn't own a horse, but I knew so many people who did that it wasn't like, a novelty. It wasn't no. really novelty. Yeah. Like there's like I've always been familiar with the horse smell and the because they got a smell. Yep, and I'm like, wearing horse right now. <laughs> <laughs> I got it for my birthday. Somebody, Are you fucking kidding right now? No, somebody gave me horse perfume for my birthday, and it's like smells amazing. Does it smell like a horse? It smells like oats and cedar. I want to smell. <laughs> yeah, Bria's really into scents. 
Oh, it's like a really good. It's oh yeah, very, very like cedar. Yeah. Did you get like? Yeah, did you good. did a horse follow you? Here? Pine, a little pine. <laughs> did, did what? What you say? You were like driving here and a ho- like you see a horse <laughs> just like following you. I mean, it's always sort of running like a, alongside a my car. Yeah. <laughs> that was the, the dream. Lashes. What was your? Because okay, I always you had like it's funny because I guess his kids were in the backseat of cars a lot and like yeah. I also have a dream, but mine was more like a flying animal horse, probably a falcor I was dragon situation, fa- uh-huh. yeah. but um. That I would like be on it next to the car. Yeah, like that Isn't was that like funny? my yeah. yeah. Bria, what talking horse books did you like? You know, I can't. I couldn't. We. When I was trying to happened. figure stuff up. I couldn't think of any. What oh, about you? Did you have some? Tell me what you ride because maybe this will spark up. So I got really hardcore into unicorn books once I realized that like real life horses probably weren't were going to do it for me. Um, unicorn Chronicles, big ones. Got it. The Unicorns of Balinor, which was a big one, which I have a story about because the if you're a Unicorns of Balinor fan. There's only eight books in the series, but there's supposed to be nine. And the eighth book ends on a cliffhanger. But apparently the lady who wrote them, her contract ran out by the time she could write the ninth book. So they never published it. So oh, like crazy. that was my first experience as a child realizing that like books were written by actual people because I would just read them and read them and read them. And finally I was like, oh, I'm, I'm done with the eighth book and I have to go to the ninth book. And I remember looking it up at the library and the librarian was like, oh, no, she, there's no ninth book. She hasn't written it yet. And I was like, wait, what? <laughs> <laughs> it was the you first. Were like how old? I, oh, I don't know. I was probably seven or six Aww. or eight and it was my f- the yeah. first time realizing that art was created by actual people and there was a business of art and oh. like books and it, they weren't just like an endless stream to that me. is such an interesting realization though because i remember having that about cartoons but my but my sister had it way earlier and so she would be into funny cartoons because i think she was like oh a person made the animal say that joke and that's funny like she thought ren and stimpy was great and like things yeah that, that i was like who cares i just want to watch the smurfs like there's there's a story like, I want to watch things where there's, like, a dramatic story, and that's all I cared about. And they're really kind of boring when you look at them, and she was into the stuff that was, like, more edgy, and, like, people were mm. making, like, cool, like, statements through the cartoon, and I wanted nothing to do. And, I, <laughs> and I'd be like, it looks messy. It looks like they didn't really take time to draw it. And she was like, that's a style. <laughs> very serious cartoon watcher. I like that. <laughs> I truly, um, I wanted only only drama. So can we return to this thesis and talk yeah. about what we think happened to people? What What's the trajectory? So... Aaron. Oh, yeah. So you I read like, horse books. So I read horse books. I wanted to own a horse, but I also, my true dream was to be one. So be I'm, I'm on both tracks, according to you guys, right? A, a little bit, yeah. Okay. Mm-hmm. So, but maybe we, maybe all little girls want to be horses. Is that a big statement? <laughs> to, to the make? level that they tell people they are and gallop around the soccer goals no. and then don't have friends. No, 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 yeah, no. That, no. So that's, that's, that's what I did. Person. So that's what I did. It's very specific. And okay. my teacher Great. like See, called my but mom. Remember, in and Bria. <laughs> Yeah. You and I. Did. And what do you What do you say? The teacher goes. You know, she's galloping around. There's too much galloping. I don't know what. You know, it's one of those where my mom, like, I think, fudged a little bit. Probably what was said because it was probably would have hurt my feelings. But and, uh, the teacher probably thought I was crazy. But she, the teacher was not a nice woman, and she, uh, I'd, I, the kids wouldn't hang out with me at recess anymore, and so. I would try to galloping around for many reasons. Again, Aaron, I was just Aaron, a flailing nerd. Can we stop and pause here? Is this why you have such nice hair? Oh my god, that's so nice. Because of the horse, did you use a horse shampoo? (laughs) That was big for a I just imagine Eric just like drying her hair and and like holding the holding the hair blower, the the hair blower, the what is it? Hair dryer, Mm -hmm. and just imagining that you're a horse. No, that's good. Can you imagine if I blow dried in fourth grade? Like that's. (laughs) 
Also, but mane and tail, I remember we all used for a hot minute. That was like popular to use yeah. when oh, I was yeah. in like mm, like all the horse grade. girls I knew use mane and tail. Yeah, that's true. My so, sister uses it. I need I need to see if it's a if it's, if it's a good thing. Yeah. yeah. Okay, so they so they made this call. You're galloping around, right? And like, and so I tried to hang out with the teacher at recess because none of the kids would let me, and she told me I had to I couldn't hang out there anymore. So then I would literally just gallop the soccer goals alone at recess the entire time. This makes me really sad for you. It was not a it was not a fun year. I mean, honestly, it was like really really bad. And Aww. but the dark side of horse books, I know. yeah. And and like. You know, it's one of those crazy things where at that age, a summer can pass and then everything's kind of fine. Yeah. And that's sort of what happened. Like, I was never a popular kid, but after that year, kids would talk about what a nerd I'd been as if it wasn't me. But I was, and I was like included in the conversation. <laughs> and I was like, this is the craziest thing. It's like, Aaron Whitehead in fourth grade was a different person than like you, than me. Like, so you gotta, you gotta, remember her? She was such a nerd. And you're truly, like, like they bring stuff up. And you got to talk to your children before you give them horse books to prepare them for the life that they might have to fall yeah. into. And so you got into but, boys, and then what kind of books so did you I, start reading? Well, well, right. So then I did get super into like anything that was about kissing. Like, I love this one called <laughs> I Love You Stupid. It was like, and I would also, I got crushes on the drawings of the boys on the front of the books, oh, and sure. I would like, stare at them in bed and like I was I was in love with this one drawing of a boy in a diner because he was ugly so I felt like maybe I could get him oh my god <laughs> <laughs> like I would never have crushes on cute boys because I was like out of my league because it was the, the idea- only way you're like you're like, so drawing of an ugly boy was your dream yes a fake uh, yes and a bad illustration of an ugly because boy because you had the potential that you're like I could get that guy truly just so that yeah. hope, that potential hope. I was like he's real I'm real like maybe in in each other we'd see something he'd, beautiful he'd see my personality yes no he'd joke he'd gallop around the goalposts I feel like cartoon boys were much less sexual so it was like I they were like approachable like I remember having like a major and I was probably a little too old for this but I had a major thing for Aladdin like I was just like that's my dream man Aladdin is a dream yeah and like, totally that's not I would love totally to not sexual and not he's very asexual and all this the was Disney like, people are this was like one of those uh, illustrations that's made to look <laughs> you think he's sexual well those pants seem <laughs> <laughs> those baggy me, pants speaking of bookish uh, loves as a child mine was always the beast oh yeah you love from the beauty beast. and the beast because he has that giant library a little sexual I feel Ew. like Ew. I'm so sorry but seriously oh, yeah. <laughs> even now a beast or the man are both so The oh, man after was not that good looking. No, no, no. But that beast, that is still like my dream. I mean, when I she met my partner, you know my partner. My partner is like the living. Kind of a beast. He, he is, is a short temper and he like yells at you. <laughs> oh, no. But he is a giant. He a rose in a glass jar. He's a gigantic furry man who has a lot of books. And that when I, the first day I met my partner, I was like, he's the one. I, the Taylor's oldest time started playing in my head and he's like I feel like just because he's a beast he's kind of like but you like feel safe to leave him and like if you wanted to that would be okay. <laughs> You're, this is oh, a yeah, cry for okay. help I'm good <laughs> <laughs> she's mouthing help me <laughs> I had to say that because it's a podcast, podcast. Yeah. trust me <laughs> Alan, I, Alan I love you so much it's okay um, but, yeah beast beast, like beast just, is a little sexual he's a little sexual just because of all that that, pa- that pent up yeah, passion yeah. But, but he's still that is still my dream see that was the that was the split for me is that I started reading a lot of fantasy stuff so i fell in love with legolas from lord of the rings oh i never I read those i saw the movie i saw the movies and that oh, was like no, my I first went, taste of them after unicorn books it was fantasy books hardcore into fantasy so i started reading all kinds of tolkien r.a salvatore philip pullman i got into more talking animals 
fell in love with elf men because they were very beautiful and had a lot See, of hair. And I didn't get into fantasy until my 20s. Like, it was so late That for was me. my switchover. In my 20s, I stopped reading fantasy. Oh. Right. Interesting. I just, I don't know. I read it all. I kind of got out of it, and it felt, I just found, fell out of the fantasy world. I've never really got back into it. I should say our thesis is not wrong here. At least and for it, us. Like, because it's like you went in and you started reading, like, you wanted a talking horse or a unicorn, and you started reading science fiction and fantasy, and then you started, Aaron started reading, um... Romance, Smooch- yeah. books. But, romance books. But then I went back to my core and started reading fantasy because mm. I wanted to be a horse, which Let is your ask. other <laughs> theory, right? Have you ever gone back yeah. to horse books? Have you read any horse books as an adult, like Seabiscuit or any of those oh, like, adult right. horse books? I know that I'd be into that, honestly. Like, if, Hold on. What if it was a horse book with kissing? <laughs> I, Wait, are they kissing? Like no. with the horses? <laughs> no, no, no. The, it's like a cowboy I romance novel. I would so not be into anything involving kissing men at this point. Like, <laughs> I'd rather not, not into die. Uh, yeah, I. What if it was women chastely giving the horses a kiss on the Like cheek. on the muzzle. <laughs> on the muzzle. Guys, you. No. What, what do you take me for? Um, You said you had a question you wanted to like. Yes. Oh my God. Her. So this is, yes, it occurred to me as we were talking just now. But okay, so when I was six years old, this would have been in the 80s. I had an audio tape called The Little Brown Horse, or no, sorry, The Little Brown Pony, and it the story was, it was just an audio story, and it was a story of this woman, this girl named Becky, she had a horse, The Little Brown Pony, and they would ride through lavender fields, and then as she got older, the family lost their money, they had to get rid of the of the pony, and you follow his journey, and he's like, goes from owner to owner, and he's like very abused, and it's awful, and then at the end, he's like sad and blind, and he's been like, uh, like, tramping down the streets and he's like probably close to death and someone takes him to a vet and the vet is Becky and she's grown up and he smells the lavender in her hair and they recognize each other and then they're together forever and I even know the song that goes with it I cannot fucking find this tape or story anywhere like I have searched everything like it's not it doesn't exist but it does exist because I listen to it every night as a child could you have the wrong name maybe I feel like it's called the little brown I mean Hmm. can I sing the song Please, please do. We're dying for it. (laughs) Okay, it goes something like, um, When you're here, my little brown pony, lavender fills the air. (laughs) We can ride and ride forever. The pleasure we have never ends. Oh, God, we're all going to start crying. My little brown pony and I, always together, always friends. My little brown pony and I. And then, like, Wait, that song on. would, like, transition into, like, him being, like, lost. It I don't want to so ruin your childhood memories, but you said they're together forever when he's on the edge of death. Like, how old is this horse? I mean, again, as a child, it, they didn't go into how he died. Right. Like, <laughs> well, I mean, it's <laughs> not the old yellow. I know. Of course. Okay. And <laughs> I'm, guessing, I'm guessing, like, yeah, well, of course, horses live to be pretty old, like yeah, 25 to 30. Yeah. And so I'm guessing... Back then, you could probably be a vet at like eighteen. So maybe, <laughs> sure, why not? Right? No schooling. This is it's fine. I mean, this is totally like back fine. when they pulled carts and stuff. Like there was no college. Yeah, sure. So she. So, oh, it was like a long time. Ago. Yeah, yeah, okay, yeah, right, yeah. It's, yeah. This, is this like James Harriet like time period of of horse stuff? In my mind, I always call it old-fashioned times, and I bet you there's, like, a fucking 400-year gap that I'm not aware of. <laughs> like, that I'm like, mm, they could have existed at the same time, and it's, like, two centuries apart. Right, right, right. <laughs> I have no idea. Is there a difference between a pony and a horse? I know yes. we wrap this up, but what? Is a pony a baby horse? No. No. Oh, God. Really? <laughs> I just watched Bria's mind get blown. What is a pony? A small horse? 
I mean, it's well, just a different it's such a breed. breed. Yeah. yeah, and there's different breeds of ponies and different breeds of horses. And Ernest been waiting for somebody to ask for this question. I've seen life. miniature ponies. There was a miniature pony ranch not too far from my house that I would see, and they were yeah. real cute. That's They're all. So I, I did want like a miniature pony when I was a child too, but I wanted it to be like the size of a small dog, I which never, I don't. And think there's exists. miniature horses too, which are a whole different thing because. Yeah. Because ponies are generally like stockier and why do you furrier. think there's so many horse books? There's a lot to horses. There's guys. a lot of things happening. A lot of things happening. So many things happening. Yeah. Well, so exciting. Please send your thoughts on horse books to readingglassespodcast at gmail.com. Or if you know where to get that little the oh my little god brown please, pony, please, please help me just, find guys. That. Just search that song. That yeah. was the whole rendition of I've the song. Searched, I've searched it. I, mean, I can't find it. It blows so, my mind. Before we solve a bookish problem for one of our listeners, we're going to take a quick break. Bria, do you know how many new and upgrading members have joined Max Fun in the first week of the Max Fun Drive? No, tell me. Over 13,000. Holy shit, that's crazy. Isn't that fucking crazy? It's totally crazy. You guys are amazing. And we've had so much fun hearing all the support from our fans. Like, we super appreciate it, and it's been amazing. So, what is the Max Fun Drive, Mallory, if people don't know? If you're listening to the show right now, the day it comes out on Thursday, today is the last day, and it's your chance to sign up to join Maximum Fun. You can start at the $5 level and go as high up as you want if you're a super rich, amazing person. Go all the way up to $1 million a month. Everyone will really appreciate it. Everyone would really appreciate it. But even for $5 a month, you're supporting us, Reading Glasses, you're supporting Maximum Fun, and all the other amazing shows on the network. But the thing is, if you sign up today during the drive, this doesn't happen any other time of the year. It only is now. Now, you get bonus content, you get gifts, there's all kinds of special amazing things that happen if you sign up during the drive. Yeah, I mean, we've already talked about this enamel pin, but we really like it. There's a reading glasses enamel pin that you can get. Excuse there's, fuck. there's also some really cool spaceship cookie cutters. There's a fucking cookbook with recipes from your maximum favorite Max Fun shows, including one that Mallory made for a drink that tastes like an old book. In a good way, though. But like a good, delicious old book. Yeah. And you and and Mallory said, like she said, the bonus content, we did a whole bonus episode. So you get all of that just for signing up. And it's not that much money every month. And a little bit of your money goes to Max Fun. A little bit of your money comes to us. And we all super appreciate it. It's cheaper than buying me and Bria a drink every month. For It's th- as a way to say thank you. And, on, and speaking of ways to say thank you. Thank you for to the 13,000 people who have signed up in the first week and all the people who have signed up in the second. We cannot do this show without your support and your help. And it's so amazing that not only have you taken the time to do this, but then you tweet at us and tell us how much you love the show. It makes us feel a lot of feelings. You guys are wonderful. It's been so much fun. We've loved this so much. Uh, thank you, guys, and everybody who's already given money. It's been incredible to get your support. Thank you. Now it's time to solve a bookish problem from one of our listeners. Tracy writes in, I adore buying indie books from the author face-to-face at conventions. It always makes them so happy, and it makes me happy. After many years of practicing this, I realized, contrary to my intentions, I'm usually only reading half the books I buy at each convention, and my piles keep growing. I'm not sure I can stop my indie buying addiction, but being as authors try to make up the cost of conventions based by selling books, what should I try? Bria, what what should you do? I also have this problem. It's a little bit like, um, I have the same problem with the farmer's market. Uh, any place where you have to buy something from the person who made the thing. Will you sign this tomato, sir? No, no, like, they, like <laughs> that farmer like grew that tomato. So yeah. I'm like, when they're like, oh, you want to try this? I try it. I'm like, delicious. And then I walk away. I feel like an asshole. So I understand that, but also. You just yell delicious at their face <laughs> and walk away. Delicious! <laughs> um, same at the, like, a book where I'm like, it's a great book. And then walk away. Um, 
I've been on the other side of things. Like, I have had to sell things at conventions, whether it be my face on a picture or, like, I've also sold uh, my comic books at conventions. And um, I will say that uh, it, it actually what people want from you is more of an interaction because they're bored because they've been sitting there, like, all fucking day. And, like, sometimes if you just go and talk to them, that is fine. Like, don't feel like you have to buy that book. Um, I would also say a lot of times they have, like, business cards or something, so you can always grab that. And, like, if you're, like, still thinking about that book later, you can do that. But you don't have to feel like just because you ate that tomato, you have to buy well, you should buy if you ate a whole tomato. You should buy it, <laughs> but uh, but like, at, <laughs> let me do the convention thing. At the convention, you shouldn't feel like that if you um you if you talk to someone like you have to buy their book. A lot of times they're just looking for interaction because they're fucking sitting there all day and it's so goddamn boring. Do you go to conventions? Is, is this a thing for you? I don't. You don't go. No. But do you have you had this experience? Do you go to the farmers market? I've gone to far. Yeah, I've gone to farmers market. Well, so. <laughs> My, I, I know what you mean with the farmer's market. I will feel kind of bad. But then my my thing is if I ever feel any level of guilt or pity and I'm about to do a transaction, then I don't do it. Because, like, that's not the right reason to buy something. I feel like that's when you're, like, living your life taking care of other people or predicting what they're going to need from you. And it's like you're probably wrong anyway. They're probably more, like, along the lines of you just being like, this is what I do. I know that some people buy and some people don't. Like, an interaction will be great. But but to predict that their feelings will be hurt if you don't buy it or that you'll make their day if you do, it's like, they're not thinking about you that much. Just get what you want or don't get what you want. Like, oh, that's good. I like that advice because then you're, like, taking care of yourself, too. You're not, like, trying to make the world happy. Yeah. I mean, I once guilt bought, like, a ugly voodoo doll from this woman in, like, an echo park like party you know it's like when like it's like it's something a friend is like such an LA specifically LA thing (laughs) I know and like because she had this whole story about like after her divorce she started making you know it's like a sex in the city story and it was so sad and then I making voodoo dolls yeah voodoo dolls they're like cute like she had a different name for them they were like cute something I don't know she has a pun I got home and the fucking thing had like the stitches are falling out the eyeballs coming off I was like I'm never gonna guilt buy anything again like this woman didn't even put I was like, she's never even been married. She should get remarried. (laughs) (laughs) Do you go to you go to conventions? Yes, I do. Uh, How do you deal with this? Yeah, I've also been on on both sides of this stuff. Uh, Honestly, I think if it's not breaking this lady's bank and it's making her happy, like Tracy, I don't think this is a problem. Like, I don't don't stop being the happiness fairy to indie authors if you don't want to. And I think that you should use this as an excuse to give away some book gifts. Like, what's cooler than giving somebody a book from an indie author that no one's ever heard of? Oh, because part know? of her problem is that they're like, they're at her house and she's like not fucking reading them. Yeah. So, yeah. What, like, why don't you give him, give him, give him his presents? Like, it's great to just like keep a stack of them. Like, someone has a birthday, someone has a thing where you have to bring something like a housewarming gift. And then that way they get to be cool when that author gets famous. And like, I read that person when they were still selling books at conventions it's true and there's a lot of people like that i will say that the other thing i do at conventions just generally is i usually try not to buy any books that like i could buy at a bookstore i try to buy from indie authors and um i give myself a limit i'm like two books one piece of art or something like or like 50 bucks that's like that's my limit and like once i've spent it i don't i'm not gonna feel guilty about not buying something from somebody just because they're sitting right there like i've just like I've spent the amount of money I'm going to spend because otherwise you can go to these things and you look at these like cute authors' faces and they're like, oh, I wrote all these books and I drew all these things. And like, I, I appreciate your stuff. I just like, I can't buy every single thing in the world. We're Agreed. not millionaires. No, we're not. 
Well, maybe gotta, if people, if enough people sign up for the Maximum Fun Pledge Drive. Oh, yeah, Maximum Fun Pledge Drive. Hey. Exactly. Then we can, then we can buy more books. So if you want us to solve your, your reader problem, you can send it to readingglassespodcast at gmail.com. And if you like the show, you can rate and review us on iTunes. It's really great for us. It helps us reach more readers. And Reading Glasses is also pleased to offer interactive transcripts of the show through Greta. Go to gretta.com slash reading underscore glasses to read and turn your favorite Reading Glasses moments into clips that you can share out on social media. You can email us at readingglassespodcast at gmail.com. Find us on Twitter at Reading G Podcast, on Instagram at Reading Glasses Podcast, on Litzy at Reading Glasses. And you can always follow along on our Buckish Adventures using the general hashtag reading classes. Thanks for listening and thanks, thanks for, for reading. reading. MaximumFun.org Comedy and culture. Artist owned. Listener supported.